Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves and break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we've come to the end of kind of our Promises of Jesus series and we wanted to end the, the kind of school year off. I still tend to think of school academic sort of years with a chance to hear was what's kind of God saying to us individually uh, about where our treasures are at the moment. Where do we put our value and time and uh, investment at the moment? Um, you know, perhaps you remember the, the, the lyrics of the song, break my heart for what breaks yours. What does this look like for you? So from these, this short passage in Matthew, um, I just want to have a think about where our treasure is and what our treasure is. So treasure could be money or physical assets or valuables. We can treasure a person, hobby, memory, sport, a place or many other things. I think I've got, um, hopefully I've got the PowerPoint. I think Les, if you can put that up. I've got a picture of some treasure um, that you might be very familiar with. So yeah, just the next slide, thanks Les. Um, so you might be thinking of treasure as this sort of treasure, sort of buried treasure, stolen treasure, coins and gold and various things. But um, nowadays, perhaps we would say the things we treasure, as I say, uh, might be our money or it might be a person, a hobby, a memory, a sport, a place or many other things. And I think, you know, probably what we'd say is treasure is something that is valuable to you. Um, you know, what is it that you call valuable to you at the moment? because that is probably your treasure. And also when we think about the heart, the heart is symbolic of love and affection. So your fondness or your liking towards someone or something. So when we think about this verse for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What we're kind of saying really is what you consider valuable is what will get your love and attention. So treasure, do we seek after treasure that ultimately fails and dies? Or do we seek out of something that is everlasting? I mean, it seems to be an easy question, doesn't it? But if we think about money and possessions, you know, often we can save for that rainy day or perhaps when we're off ill. And the Bible does give us examples of the ant who stores food in the summer for the food it needs in the winter. So it doesn't mean that we shouldn't accumulate things to look after ourselves. Um, and God does say, you know, enjoy the good gifts that he does give us. But we shouldn't be a selfishly accumulating goods that means that others go without. I was reading on the Oxfam website that the world's 2,153 billionaires, so 2,153 billionaires in the world, have more wealth than 60% of the planet's population. So 4.6 billion uh, you know, have as much wealth, 60% of the population, as 2,153 billionaires. And be aware of anything that could happen at any point and at any moment that could affect us and impact us in terms of our, our possessions. So I think at the moment, particularly of on the left there, this, there's um, civil unrest in South Africa at the moment. And they estimate that the looting that's gone on has cost businesses 720 million pounds and 800 stores have been looted, 117 people killed in the violence. And on the right, you've probably heard about the floods that have happened in Germany at the moment. And all those who've lost all their homes and provisions to floods, 120 dead and hundreds more missing. 
So around us in the world today, we see the impact of and actually all the things that we could store up, as the verse sort of says, could be consumed by moth, rust, thieves break in and steal. Um, so, you know, anything we have, we could lose at that moment's notice. So it made me think about the rich young ruler um, sort of later on in Matthew verses 19 to 21. And he was asked, what do I need to do? Sorry, he asked Jesus, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus said, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, this was someone who was following all the rules and wanted to do the right thing. But the challenge was to follow Jesus. And in his case, that was to sell everything he had and give to the poor. And he wasn't able to surrender all he had and follow. I think actually the more we have, the more we have to give up. But I think this passage is much more about how we lay up treasure in heaven and the eternal value of who we are and what we do here and now, i.e. what do we do here on earth that lasts for eternity and has kingdom impact. So this is not about doing good things and that will get you into heaven, but it's saying that an encounter with Jesus means that we question our priorities, our time and what we value. And that kingdom ethics and values will flow through our life and we will make different choices about where we invest our time, our money. So treasures in heaven, therefore, are things of worth in God's coming kingdom, such as, such as justice, the opportunity to um, kind of be providing for people's needs, the respect for the dignity of every person. And the implication is that we would do better to invest our money or time in activities that transform the world, rather than worrying perhaps about living secure lives. Honouring God with time, money, prayer, worship, and other aspects of life that honour him and build his kingdom. And increasing our relationship with him to focus our heart on eternal treasures because those things will last forever. I think there are so many things we could narrow down to loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and then loving your neighbour as yourself. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, love never ends, and as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So now faith, hope and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The gifts of the spirit, like goodness and gentleness, would last forever. And so the characteristics and the behaviour that is shaped by the character of God through his Holy Spirit will carry on into that eternal kingdom. So uh, just coming off the PowerPoint for the moment, because I think um, uh, I've still got sort of a black screen, so I think that's why. Um, I just want to say a bit about myself, and then John Bradley's going to tell you a bit about where his treasure is and where his heart is at the moment. So my story is, well, I guess my treasure is to know God more and share that love with others by going through ministerial recognition and training to be a Baptist minister. So I'm saying to God, this is the most important thing in my life. This is where I'm going to invest my time over the next three years as I start my diploma in theology part time at Cardiff Baptist College on September the 20th. That's my first day. And um, that will be a three day residential with the other students. I think there'll be about nine people on the course starting on the, the day I will be starting doing the same thing. 
and um, and then it'll be one Friday evening and one Saturday once a month from October onwards till June and then that will be repeated next year and the year after. So from September, I will be a minister in training situated at Alton, uh, Alton Baptist Church. And I'm really looking forward to learning more in terms, of, in terms of theological study, but also developing wisdom over the next three years in preparation for whatever's next. So I'm really excited about these next three years and what they might bring. And I do thank you for your prayers and support up to now and hopefully beyond. And I'll keep you updated on my journey. Hopefully at the church meeting in September, I'll be able to tell you just a little bit more so that you kind of know what, what this looks like for me over this next three years. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where my treasure is lying over the next three years and, and kind of where God is leading me. So John's going to come on and just tell us a bit about um, the impact of a bill going through Parliament at the moment um, and a bit about his heart for refugees and asylum seekers and how you can get involved in that. John, are you OK? To... Hello? <laughs> yes, Lovely. hopefully I'm unmuted now. Yes, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of these things that Bert Benice will tell you. You don't actually see yourself, so you don't know whether you're on the screen or not. But uh, <laughs> I'll take her on faith that I am. Um, as far as the heart is concerned, um, I think the heart that I have for refugees is shared by a number of people at Alton. Because over the years, we have had quite a few people who have been seeking asylum in this country. And we've actually been with them through all the stresses there are going through applications and appeals and various other things that have been necessary. And we've got to know them well. And there is absolutely no doubt with any of them how they have really have fled persecution in their home country and they really should be welcomed here. And I thank everybody who's been involved with that. And many people know that I've been involved in Solihull Welcome as well, where we've met many other hundreds of people who've been seeking asylum in this country. Some of them have come, there's various rich people come. Some of them have actually have come uh, by boat or by the back of a lot or, or by hidden in a lorry, etc. And some of those also are just as justified as everybody else to have to be treated fairly by the courts in this country. And if the courts decide that, yes, they have been persecuted in their home country, then under the law, they should be uh, given uh, asylum and refugee status in this country. And I'd like to point out that it's only when they have exhausted the court system and they're told that uh, we do not believe that uh, you are a genuine asylum seeker uh, by the courts, by a decision, that they become illegal. That's the, that's the situation at this moment. All that is likely to change with the government. Um, it's called the Nationality and Borders Bill. And the second reading is tomorrow, so it's happening fairly soon. And that will seek to criminalise people when they come in uh, uh, and try to enter this country. If it's decided that the means of entry is uh, irregular. Now, the government say that that is to uh, stop uh, people smuggling and all the corruption that goes with that. However, the bill does not provide any other route 
uh, for people uh, getting through in the sort of timescale that they need. And people very often need to uh, leave their country very, very quickly. So not a matter of going through pr processes which take months or so. They need to do, uh, uh, do things and they can be fairly desperate. Now, they have never been treated as criminals before, although there has been the hostile environment, which, is, which has been very much in the press. What this will do is not only reintroduce a hostile environment, but make it even more hostile than before. One of the things that uh, are talked about is called accommodation centres or reception centres. We have some experience with these before. Very often they are military camps which are unsuitable, decided, decided to be unsuitable for the military. So because the conditions are so bad, it's decided we can't put soldiers there or people in the armed forces. Those are the sort of places which have been used already. And people involved with refugees, including myself, are very concerned that those sort of very unsuitable conditions will be used under this bill. We are certain that really not only should the bill be uh, opposed, but it goes against the um, United Nations Convention on uh, Refugees, which, would you believe, the government signed a number of years ago. And that our argument is that you have signed this and now you are going against it. Now, what I would like you to do is write to your MP and you're kind of thinking, that is really a difficult thing to do. However, the good news is the Refugee Council have made it simpler. And they have a specimen uh, letter on their website. And I've asked Mark to actually put an, in chat the link which you can use to get there. It is better if you could write your own letter, but with, with time being what it is, if you just uh, cut and paste the letter that's already there and send it to your MP, please do so. I think we all know our MP. If not, go onto the House of Commons website, put your postal code in, and they will give you those details. My heart is very much with those who have been persecuted, whether they're Christians, Muslims, any religion or those who have no particular religion. And please, I hope that your heart is the same and that you'll do uh, what you can to write to your MP and also pray because prayer can change a number of things. Thank you very much, Bernice, for giving me this opportunity. Thanks, John. Yes, I just, when John sent me that info, I didn't realise, you know, that was going on. And I've had a look at various websites since, including the JPIT website, um, which is a sort of joint Baptist, Methodist, um, and URC, I think it is, sort of task force on sort of uh, practical justice issues. And they, that's kind of, you know, a key and um, saying very similarly to what John said there. So I think it is something that we do need to engage with and, and, and you know, do something about. And I'll put something in my weekly email and also on the hub. I think John might put it on the hub, put it on the hub anyway, but if it isn't, we'll put it on the hub as well. So I've shared a bit about my heart. John's shared a bit about his heart. Um, and so what I'm asking today is where is your treasure? What do you spend time on that kind of reveals where your heart is? And perhaps if you're not sure, um, you know, I've got some questions to help you think about it in a minute. But perhaps if you're not sure, then talk to somebody you trust about what they see in you. Um, you know, that might help you think about what it is that, um, you know, is on your heart for either people or the world or something in the world. 
Um, and it's going to be different for all of us. And at the moment, what I'd like to do is focus on that sort of individually for us, because I think this is about discipleship, developing our Christian character um, by, by loving those in the world around us. So I've just got some examples for you just to help you think. So perhaps for you, this is about combating racism. Not, uh, not these questions yet, Les, sorry. Um, perhaps this is for you about contact, combating racism after seeing the terrible racial abuse of three black football players who were targeted for the colour of their skin uh, with hateful images and racial um, slurs. You know, Saka, one of the, um, uh, the football players, was told to go back to Nigeria, even though he was born in London. So perhaps for you, it is that, you know, wanting to combat this injustice, discrimination and racism in the world today. One of the other prominent issues for us in church is sexuality. And, you know, unfortunately, because people are divided on the issue within church, um, what it ultimately, I think, leads to is the gay person feeling unwelcome by church and by Jesus in general, as in, you know, across the piece. And we want to say that all people are welcomed by Jesus and by church. Perhaps it's um, loneliness on the elderly or caring for someone in your family. Perhaps it's someone in your family who's struggling with anxiety, depression or mental health issues. Maybe it's a heart for those with disabilities or a group of people who don't have a voice and are vulnerable in society. Perhaps it is that desire to care for our world that God created and to campaign for change related to climate change, etc. And maybe it's just something very small. It doesn't, you know, so I've mentioned some big things there. Perhaps it is just caring for somebody in your family um, that lives with you. And for that, that's where your heart is and that's where your time is at the moment. So there's no right or wrong answers. There's no um, kind of, um, you know, this is between you and between God. But I thought it'd be really lovely to share some of these things. So these are some of the questions I'd like you to, to sort of consider and think about. So our life experiences and our personality lead us to perhaps feel more deeply about some things more than others. So there are some issues that you might feel more interested in or more excited or more angry about when they come up on the TV or radio or social media. And I think God plants certain desires and longings in our hearts. And, you know, in the last 2000 years, Christians have changed the world and made it a better place by caring passionately about something. So I'm going to ask you to think about these questions in a second and, and just some thoughts just before I do that. So do pray before you, you sort of think about these questions. There is no right or wrong answer. And if you can't answer it, don't worry. Um, don't be concerned about whether or how you could do a certain thing. Um, but, you know, complete the questions as if there were no obstacles to fulfilling your heart's desire. Write down the first sort of thing that comes into your mind. Um, but what I would say is try and do it either today or in the next couple of days. So these are the questions to think about. And these are for everybody, for children, young people, adults, you know, all of us hopefully could answer these questions in some way. So these are the five questions I'd like you to consider. Number one, if someone to, were to ask a group of my friends, what would they say I'm really in, interested in or enthusiastic about? What would, you, what would they say? What are the things I've always wanted to do, but have always put off? If I knew I simply couldn't fail, what is the first thing I would do? What issues do I care most passionately, excited about being excited or by being angry about? And at the end of my life, I'd love to be able to look back and know that I had done something about dot, dot, dot. 
So do consider those questions, do think about them. I'm gonna put them in the chat. I'll also email them out straight after the service and put them on the hub as well. And what I would like to do is actually next week is going to be part two of this uh, sort of slight little mini series. Um, and I'd like to be able to share some of the, the answers that have come through. And from that, there may be some things and patterns and trends that we look at in terms of church going forward. Um, you know, we're thinking, you know, church kind of September onwards, it's almost like resetting what is church about. So some of these things could lead into um, some of our perhaps church mission um, ideas. But I think some of at the moment, this is about you and your individually, how God is speaking to you. And it, you know, goes back to our base camp metaphor. You know, what is God saying to you that you might be um, interested, passionate about, you know, where is your heart for something at the moment? So do try and take at least 10 minutes, sometime today or maybe tomorrow, um, just sit down with those questions, have a think, have a write out what you think, and then send them to me um, over the next two or three days. And I will um, collate those. So I'll, I'll hopefully be able to give you a summary of what people are saying over the next week at the service. But I would also love for some of you to share, just as John has done today, I'd love for some of you to be brave and share what's on your heart for a particular um, group people issue concern etc and it'd be great to pray um for those people uh you know uh, next week so um yeah please do uh pray think write those down and then email them back to myself um if there's anything you don't want to share connected to you that's fine i'll share it sort of anonymously but i would love for about five people if i could to share just as john has done today um that what's on their heart at the moment so lots to think about, lots to kind of get involved in. Um, and just, you know, as I end, really, I just want to pray, particularly for John and the issue that he's talked about, um, but also just that, you know, everybody would take that opportunity to just sit down and reflect and pray and see what God is saying to you today. So let's pray. So Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. I pray that we would just find that time to sit down to hear what you're saying to us, um, to write that down, to not be afraid, but be bold, to not be worried about perhaps some of the barriers, but to hear what you're saying and share those thoughts uh, with myself initially, and then perhaps as I say, five people sharing them with church next week. I thank you that you do place on our heart those things that are um, important to you, and I pray that as we think and reflect this week over where our treasure is, that we make sure that treasure is eternal and everlasting treasure and not treasure that will spoil and fade and de decay. And Lord, we pray for John and thank you for John and Wendy and, and all those in this church that work with refugees and asylum seekers over the last probably, you know, 10 more years, I guess is. I thank you for all those that have received status to remain in this country. We pray particularly for Hargos who is still waiting for that. And we pray and just thank you for the fact that we as a country have been able to help and support those who are persecuted in their own countries. And we pray for, for um, just guidance and wisdom for Parliament as this bill is being um, read tomorrow and just will make huge changes that will make it very difficult for people to come into this country. And we pray for wisdom and grace and love 
and we pray for justice for those that genuinely um, do want to uh, escape persecution in their country and for us to be a safe harbour for all those people. So Lord, we pray for wisdom and for uh, the, the governing bodies who will make those decisions. We pray that you would intervene and that your powerful hand uh, will, will help to shape people's hearts and minds and thinking. So Lord, we trust these things to you today. Sometimes these can seem quite overwhelming, but we trust in you that you are sovereign in this world, you are sovereign in our lives. You are sovereign over all the things that seem too big to solve. We can trust them into your hands. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.